the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. You know, the reason I like this is because this was lawyers sharing what they're doing, not some people in ivory towers telling us what we need to do and where we need to spend money with them. We're all really working together and adding all this information to make the podcast so amazing and to make the group so amazing. And that's what makes it so wonderful. You know, and and it really is just two guys on a podcast with all these other people adding a ton of value. I agree with you. The tribe is just amazing. Run your law firm the right way. way. This is... The Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. So, James, I uh, learned something very valuable over the weekend, and it made me laugh so hard. Whenever Joey Vitale said he thought your name was Jimmy, that you went by Jimmy. And so it made me laugh because I remember the first time I called you Jimmy on the podcast, how everyone was going to actually think that your name was Jimmy and not Jim or James. So I thought that was really funny. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Just basking in the glow of an awesome MaxLawCon 18. I think the event went off without a hitch. Uh, we really got lucky and, and we thought we would record this episode to just sort of rehash the event and talk about our observations and what we experienced. What did I say to you at the end of day one? You said to me that, Jimmy, we could fall completely flat on our face tomorrow and it would still be an awesome event and everybody would have gotten their money's worth. Absolutely. The speakers delivered. I mean, they completely delivered and it was just so awesome. And, you know, honestly, I guess my favorite part wasn't even the speakers. My favorite part was just, you know, getting to talk with all these awesome freaking lawyers and, I think in a lot of these events, what you see is that the presenters aren't, you know, hanging out with the the actual attendees, and that was the opposite of this at this event where we were all mingling together, hanging out together, and it was just an awesome experience. I believe that our event is going to scale, and I think it's going to scale quickly. I think next year will be a lot bigger. I think that if you send out 70 people into the world who are fans of the event and they tell just one person that's going to double it right there. But I, you know, we've just been getting a lot more people joining the Facebook group and a lot of other things. So I just hope that with growth that we can maintain this level of connection with everybody. I think that the speakers were all very approachable. I think that everybody who came to the event felt like they could talk to whomever they wanted. And I, and I hope that we're able to figure out a way to 
to maintain that because you're right, the, the personal interactions for me were the real highlight of the event. It's like you, you and I, it sounds like we have the same concern because I, I want to make sure that we keep the feel of the conference because it was a really, really good feel. And one of my concerns is as we scale, because there is going to be higher demand for the next one. It really was that good. And I, I'm truly not saying this because we put on this event. I'm, I'm saying this because people are raving about it. They've been raving about it. I've never seen a group of people rave about a conference as much as this one. It's been really incredible. But my worry is, is that if we get too large or if we scale too quickly, then people aren't going to have that same connection, that same feel that we had at this one. So that, that's one of my concerns. Well, it's interesting. You know, we had a very low price point, so I don't know if that translated into people having very low expectations for what we were going to pull off. <laughs> true. Very true. I think it was easy to exceed the expectations. but And it's it's interesting, too, how different things resonated with different people. Like my wife, Imani, was there, and she's very much a systems person and, and procedures and manuals and meetings and all that stuff. And her two favorite presentations were Chelsea Lambert's and yours. She really liked that aspect of things, and she said to me she wished there was more of that stuff. And, of course, you know me, I love all the marketing stuff. And, and I, I just let's just sort of go through each each event and talk about sort of what our thoughts were and what kind of feedback we got. So what did you think about the happy hour at the Thaxton? Oh, my God. It was so cool. It was it was surreal in a way because I was still trying to just absorb it all, take it all in and absorb it. And the fact that we were we were finally there, we finally had our conference, it was kicking off. And I don't know about you, but I was trying to put Facebook pictures to actual real people. And I was trying to like, okay, that is William Eady, which I obviously knew who William Eady was. But, you know, Sean Hemp, you know, I'm trying to recognize people. And, and it was just cool. And, you know, I got to have really great conversations. You know, I got to have, have a great conversation with Mo and Bernard and William, you, and just I'm sure I'm and Sean, I believe everyone's names up I, I talked to, but it was such an awesome time. It really was good. I mean, do you want to give a description of how, like, what the layout was? Yeah, so the venue is a renovated old store. It was the Kodak's first store west of the Mississippi, and it's from like the early 1900s. So it had been completely renovated and turned into a speakeasy lookalike. It was never an actual speakeasy, but Mad Dog, who is the architect, also lives there, and he's the one that did the art direction on the renovation. So on the upstairs, there's sort of an area where we had our meal, and then downstairs was a really cool bar. And, and the bar itself was sort of trippy. It was sort of a lot of blue and green lights, and, and so it sort of gave this sort of surreal feel to it, and it allowed people to sort of talk to whom they wanted. And I'll never forget that I'm sitting there talking to two people and Noemi from Georgia comes running up and just splits the crowd, pushes those two aside and says, I don't, says to them, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. And then she gave me a big hug pointing at me. And so it was, <laughs> it really made me laugh. So somebody said to me, this is sort of like a high school reunion where you're meeting people that you've seen lately on Facebook, but you've never, you know, in our case, never really seen each other before. I mean, all of the Mitch Jackson people from Legal Minds I'd never met before. I mean, but it's, it wasn't, you know, I was thinking about, you know, you and I went to a Dan Kennedy event at Union Station about five or six years ago, or three or four years ago, which is sort of what pushed us to finally start the podcast. And I remember going to a happy hour to that and feeling completely awkward and nervous and like I knew one person. That was totally the opposite. And it wasn't just because 
we were the host, it was because we all knew each other because people had been on the show, people had been participating in the Facebook group. I mean, I think you and I both consider Will Eady a good friend, and we've only spent real life time with him for the two days of the conference. Yeah, that was really weird meeting William Eady for the first time because we've done a bunch of video chats and phone calls. It was just, it was kind of bizarre. And that was the same thing with a lot of these people and a lot of the guests that we had on. We're only on with them for a very short time, but you really kind of get to know them with some of the questions we ask them, and it's it really is neat. It was a lot of fun. I, th- I thought that the Speakeasy was a great kickoff event. My other worry is like, how are we going to top this next year? It was just such a great event. I don't I don't know. I, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I mean, do you think we can go back to the well? I think we can go back to the Speakeasy. I think that's that place could have held a lot more people, but. As far as the Cardinal game and things, I think we're going to have to mix it up and, and be creative with some other things to do. And, you know, the fact is St. Louis doesn't have all that much to do. It's not like it's Chicago or New York. Yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows? We may have to get two boxes next time for the Cardinals game. It was cool getting everybody in and out and hanging out. And This time we have more time to plan. We did. We kind of started this thing, the planning thing, late last year. So maybe we could plan this thing a little bit better and get more more space. Yeah, and, and later on today, you and I and Kent are going to debrief on, you know, the things that we want to improve or change or add for next year and, and just sort of go over everything in our mind. On Thursday morning, we rolled right in with the introduction. I thought you and I started a little bit flat. I think we missed out on that walk-up music. I think we should have got the crowd a little more pumped up, and we started out a little flat, but I think after a while, it got rolling. Yeah, a couple things. You know, like the, the PowerPoint didn't work. Like it was working like a couple of minutes before. I mean, just a couple of technical things sort of threw us off. I agree with you. I was like, man, it, it didn't have that rah-rah moment. Like I really sort of pictured, I don't know about, about you, but I was, I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, we'll go in, the crowd will be pumped up kind of thing. Because <laughs> I'm so used to Icon, you know, like you go in and like the, everyone, the juices are flowing and everyone's ready to go. And then we, we had a couple of glitches, like, oh, man, you know, this sucks. You know, it didn't hit like that, like I wanted it to. But, you know, I thought you were talking about Paul Passanani and your, that your story. I think it really kind of, I think it resonated with a lot of people. So I can't say I enjoyed that story. That's not the right word. But I, I, I thought that they, the story was appropriate to sort of ground people to get them ready for the days to come. Well, that's funny because I definitely intended to talk about Paul, but... I was worried that Chelsea was finishing up her PowerPoint and I talked longer than I had planned just because I, I didn't know where she was and you had her waiting in the wings. She was ready to go. And I kept talking because I didn't know where she was. It is funny because Chelsea was ready. She was queued up, ready to go. She was geared up. She was standing right at the doorway. And I kept thinking like, come on, man, wrap this thing up. What's going on? And the entire time you were waiting for me to give you the signal that she was there. So that was kind of funny. Chelsea did a great job. A lot of the attendees told me that they really just got a lot of uh, knowledge from her and a lot of value. And then then we rolled right into Mitch. Those two, I thought, were fantastic. I thought Mitch's uh, keynote, you know, uh, talking about the, you know, getting to your why and why you do all this. And I think that was really, really good stuff. Yeah, I thought those were two really good setups because Chelsea really talked about just a lot of information about just the legal profession and the practice of law. And it was just chock full of data and actual information, great takeaways, the future of law, kind of like it was kind of an all-encompassing thing. It was a great kickoff. And then you go into sort of the big picture vision kind of stuff with Mitch Jackson. And it was a really good back-to-back and it was good juxtaposing those two against each other because it was just different, just completely different ways of viewing things. I, I really did like it. One of the funny comments that I got about in the feedback on the surveys was that they thought we started pretty early both days. And 
I guess that sort of cuts both ways. We were trying to get everything in, but I think that second morning, even the first morning too, those were a little bit rough to get started. Maybe we'll start a little later next time. And by the second day, I it was pretty obvious. <laughs> this is pretty obvious because we had we had a late night Cardinals game, and then by day two, it was like, oh Jesus, it's a, it's eight thirty already. And we had to push it back because of the rain. Not everybody wanted to walk over, so they were all taking Ubers over, and so we did push it back a little bit, which put our schedule off a little bit. But it all worked out okay. Now, I frankly missed a lot of your presentation because I was dealing with some things. How did you feel it went? I felt really good about it, and I based that on, on verbal cues. Mine was different. Mine was way different than anyone else's because I actually stopped. I think it took about five minutes in one-minute increments to have people stop and actually write down things and, and do their segments, do their blocks, do their tasks. And for the people that weren't there, what I did was I kind of started off by saying, listen, you know, I'm here to talk about systems, but I want to kind of just give you a peek into my mind how I do things. And so I broke down how I do my systems. And I did, you know, I started with how you segment your firm and you block out each segment and then you create tasks for each one. And then you do Edo, which is eliminate, automate, delegate, outsource, and, and, and then assigning those tasks and then plotting them out. I mean, I, I kind of went through all of that. And then we did a hot seat, which I thought was really great because Noemi, I felt like we had a breakthrough. It was kind of a good moment. And it went step by step, you know, what practice areas do you do? And it was kind of weird because she said she did immigration, I think criminal, but she was getting into personal injury. And so it was just kind of like, she was kind of all over the place, but then we sort of figured out, you know, where are the bottlenecks and the bottlenecks were pretty much the same place that they were with you. If you looked back two years ago and that's with you, that's where the main bottleneck was. And so, you know, we figured out some things for her and I thought it went really well. I was excited about it. That was really fun having her in the hot seat. I think you had been a proponent of us doing one or two hot seats at the event. I think we totally could have and should have. I think it's great to learn about what other people are struggling with so that you can figure out answers in your own case. And one person, Michelle, who works in aviation law, I really wanted to spend some time. We're going to have to get her on the show because she has a very unique business. She works in aviation law and specifically not air accidents or anything like that, but more about you know the transactions of buying these big jet personal planes. And I think that she has a unique marketing problem that it'd be fun to sort of kick around and you know come up with some solutions for her. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks because it's such a different practice area. And it's, it's, it does, does present a lot of complicated things that you have to deal with. But I really think that if, when we have her on the show, it's all going to come back to the same principles of marketing, I'm sure. We just got to figure out who her client is. And once we've done that, I think that it'll be okay. I think that the main thing is just, okay, who is her target market? Who is she selling to? And I think once we figure that part out, it'll all be kind of kind of easy to figure out in a way. I loved our next presentation, which was Wayne Pollock and Robert Patrick and Jeanette Cooperman, which was the media component of it. I think that having our lawyer members listen to what it's like from the media's perspective to be pitched stories and what they're looking for in stories was really, really instructive. I thought Wayne did a nice job of keeping the conversation moving. He, As you know, he met with them ahead of time. He had planned it out. He'd worked really hard on his presentation, and I think it really showed. Yeah, I had several people. Actually, this happened to for a lot of, a lot of presenters, but uh, on his, I got a lot of people afterwards saying, man, that was worth it just to come here for that because they pulled back the curtain a little bit and it was it was really good. And Mike Campbell, he sent me a text afterwards and he said, that was amazing. He was so excited about that. And 
it was funny because I'm not going to mention who it was. One of our attendees had sort of a media crisis happen during the event, and they were dealing with it. And then they and they, it happened right after this. Yeah, I know you and I haven't talked about this. I'm not even sure you know about it, but right after this presentation the attendee was dealing with a media issue and used the principles that Wayne talked about and it quashed it. It was fantastic. So it was great timing. That's the thing about our conference is it's so practical. It's all about real lawyers doing real stuff. One of the attendees, Al, came up to me at the end and he said, you know, the reason I like this is because this was lawyers sharing what they're doing, not some people in ivory towers telling us what we need to do and where we need to spend money with them. I think that that really helped build the credibility for the event and really made the message from people even stronger. Speaking of strong messages, our next presenter was Joey Vitale. And I got to tell you that Joey, I think, sort of broke the ice on opening up with our speakers, of our speakers sort of telling their, I guess I did a little bit with Paul, but Joey really did and really made a very personal presentation. His mom was there and he put a picture up on the screen, which I really think could be a logo for our podcast. And it's Joey in his uh, cap and gown at law school graduation. And by his own admission, he looked scared in the picture. And I think that everyone in that room understood that fear because we all woke up on the first day we opened our firm and looked around and had that look on our face. I, I think it was just a great presentation. Everyone laughed because it was so funny. <laughs> he looked so <laughs> terrified. I mean, he's, it's this guy, you know, in his cap and gown and he is staring into the abyss and he's like looking sort of up and over to the side. And I don't know, I don't know if his mom got this picture or who got this picture, but it was such a great picture because it sort of zoomed in on his face a little bit and he is just staring and it looks like there's a meteor coming down on his head and he is just like, what do I do? It is the funniest picture, but it was a great setup to his presentation. You know, like here's also what's great about it is like, you know what? This wasn't that long ago, and he didn't know what the hell he wanted to do with his life. So I think if some of our listeners are feeling that way, it's okay, okay? It's okay. You you are going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. But it, And that was sort of a part of his point, you know, but he, he killed it with social media. It was amazing. After a quick break, we had Seth Price and Nalini up from Blue Shark Digital to present on SEO principles. And... You know, I'm working with Seth right now, and, and I think that it was interesting because everyone was looking forward to the battle between Seth Price and uh, William Eady. And I think they both were very deferential to each other, knowing that the other was there. And I think that that led to a more collaborative approach. There was certainly no conflict. And I thought that Seth really laid the groundwork for some people to understand in greater detail how SEO works. But I, I do think that a lot of it was pretty technical. I know that People like Amani were like, I don't know what these people are talking about. It's sort of, it was sort of over her head. And frankly, some of it was over my head. So I guess that sort of goes to show you that one of the principles I always say to people who are thinking about hiring an immigration lawyer is you want to go to an expert. So I think that if nothing else, Seth and Delaney show that they definitely know what they're doing and were able to give us some information on the latest news in SEO. Yeah, and Seth, what he what he I mean, it's the same thing that we do whenever we're we're educating our clients. He really showed us why he's the expert, why they're the pros, why he showed the value in hiring an SEO company. It may be pricey, but if you've got the money, he showed the value there. And I, it was highly technical, but it was it was very good. It was very spot on. You know, you know what? There were technical things, but I think a lot of the attorneys in our group probably understood most of them. 
even though it was highly technical, it, there were there were a ton of great takeaways. Our last speaker of the day was someone that I, I thought would do a good job, but I wasn't entirely sure would feel comfortable speaking on stage. And and it's Mo Lilienthal and and Morris. I thought really did a nice job. I thought that Mo, you know, he sort of he's got that southern twang and he talks a little slow, but man, he sure was personable. And I think that the audience just loved his message. He really talked about all the amazing things that he's done. I mean, he's a one-man show, the Mo Show, down in Alabama. I mean, he puts to reality that statement that we make all the time that, yeah, we're lawyers, but really we're production companies trapped in the bodies of lawyers. And Mo's got all this stuff going on Twitter and on video. He's just doing an amazing job. And I think that that Mo really helped everyone in the room see that they can do it too, that it doesn't take... A lot. It, it just takes persistence, and I think I think that comes through with a lot of our speakers is persistence and consistency. Mo really was able to sort of set the table for that message in the conference. Hundred percent agree. And I had to fight back tears a couple times, man. I mean, he his story is amazing. I'm glad he there were maybe some technical issues with his with his PowerPoint because I think that he would have had the the room in tears if some of the videos would have been played that he was going to play. There was some issues with PowerPoint because of QuickTime and on a PC and all that kind of stuff. But it was very impactful. And it really just comes down to doggedness, you know, and, and hustle and, and, and working hard. And then, but also being authentic and being real. And that's what Mo is. Mo is an authentic, hardworking person. And it shines through and people love it. And people love him for it. And I would say, I mean, he and I got to sit and I don't, we were sat for a long time chatting on the first day and it was just, it was so insightful and it was great. And it was just great to hear from him and talk and have him talk. And the same person he and I were, we were sitting down there talking was the same person that was presenting. And I thought that was so cool. He's just an authentic guy. And I just love the presentation. One of the things that Kent and I were stressed out about, and you were too, as far as having an event like this was the Cardinal game, because that was the one thing where we actually had to pay pay cash money ahead of time on the hopes that people were coming. And so I think next year we're going to be able to structure things differently because the proof of concept has definitely been achieved. And so I was a little worried and nervous about the Cardinal game. And it's funny because when I first contacted the Cardinals, they had like 16 luxury boxes. But by the time we confirmed and bought the luxury box, we got the last one. So I'm glad that everybody who came was able to come. Hopefully next time we'll be able to share it with more people. But I think that that was a real highlight of the trip. It was a lot of fun. The and most of the people stayed till the end of the game. I don't know how many box events you've been to, Jimmy, but the the ones I've been to, people usually leave early. You know, it's it's they kind of get bored and they leave. Not this one. I mean, most people stayed till the very end, and it was we all kind of walked out together and we walked back to the hotel together, and it was just a lot of fun, man. It's just a lot of good conversation. I only got to watch about two minutes of the entire game, uh, which I was a little disappointed. Which was actually I was disappointed, but thinking back. Probably not because they got their butts kicked, but it was it was just good to talk to all these people. I mean, I got to have a great conversation with Mitch Jackson and Julie Siegel and a bunch of other people. We just got to chat, and it was it was a lot of fun. Great, great time. That reminds me that I used to tease my wife when she watched Oprah. I remember one time Oprah had Arsenio Hall on the show, and Oprah would say, oh, Arsenio, you're the best. And Arsenio would say, oh, no, Oprah, you're the best. And sometimes I thought at the conference we were all telling each other that we're the best. So that was sort of a, a fun <laughs> side note. Speaking of great presentations, one of the things Kent and I had talked about was giving out awards at the conference, and and we sort of put that on the back burner because we decided to do the rocket fire instead. But if there was going to be an award for most valuable participant, 
MVP. I think Annika Gudluski would definitely uh, fit that bill. I think she'd win hands down. She she gave her own great presentation. She told us a lot of the community marketing stuff that she's told us before about things that Chuck Boyk and other people that she's working with, Gary Berger's bike giveaway program, that thing was all, those were all good. But then when she would contribute after someone spoke, I mean, I would just, my jaw would drop with the great idea she had. She had a great idea for me after my presentation. She had a great idea for Joey, which I, I really, really love. And someone came up to me after hearing Annika give a suggestion to me at the end of my presentation and said, this is the only conference I've ever been to where the people who are presenting get good advice themselves. And that was really true, all because of Annika's great chiming in. Yeah, I think William Eady said it best, you know, that, you know, Annika just can't stop giving out great advice. It was so true. I mean, every single speaker, she was giving feedback. And it just, I don't know where these ideas come from, but they are amazing ideas. And these were, these were not obvious ideas, like, oh, yeah, do this. They were deeply thought out ideas. It was really incredible. You're so right. Because it wasn't just her presentation, just all the other value that she added throughout the, the two days. Well, it's funny because when I was sitting there, I would turn around when she would speak, and you could see you could see she was looking in her mind to the idea. Like It was almost like she was transcribing what was in her brain. I know that sounds strange, but you could like see it working right there in, in real time. It was really just fun to, fun to see. Absolutely. And then the next one. Next was John Fisher. Oh, my gosh. So there are two keynote speeches that I will probably remember for the, my entire life, and that is, one, Marcus Limonis. Number two, John Fisher. You want to break it down? Yeah, it's funny, too, that you bring up Marcus Limonis because John Fisher was sitting next to you when we heard Marcus Limonis' speech at ICON last year. John Fisher gave the most powerful 45-minute talk that I've ever seen, and he did it without a note. He was very personable. He told a story about his, his father and his family and the difficulties that they had. He talked about the time when his father passed away, and there were definitely people crying. And there was a, John also wisely and very kindly brought his son, Tim, to the event. And there was a moment, Tyson, where John walked from the middle of the room, and he walked up to his son. And I was crying. I mean, it was just so powerful. And just, it was really, I mean, it was all in the context of attorney referral marketing. But I mean, and I know people learn things from what John said about attorney referral marketing, but the, the talk itself was just infused with emotion and centeredness and giving and purpose. It just rocked me. Yeah, it was, it was one of those ones where he was walking around the room and he, he was bringing in stories of people that were in the room and talking and mentioning them by name. And it, it, he just, the room was alive. There was a moment where Mitch Jackson and I looked at us at, at each other about, I don't know, two thirds of the way through. And we just shook our heads. Like, this is gold. Like, this is amazing. And it was just that good. And he covered, what was great about it is it was full of emotion and feeling. He covered five different principles for referral marketing, and it was it, it, he did it in a way where you know he talked about each point, but he he, he used the emotion with it uh, like a true good trial lawyer. It was a great lesson. It was a fantastic lesson, and it. it was something I always remember. It wasn't lost on me that the two great keynotes were both without notes and both by very good trial lawyers, Mitch and John, and so we were really lucky to have them. 
I gave my YouTube talk. I, I think it was practical and I felt sort of inadequate following John Fisher and I didn't infuse much personality into it, but it, I've certainly been motivated for the next time. I, I think I, I'm already working on my story so that I can share in a way, probably not as powerful as John, but I think I have some things to say that I, I would have done differently if I realized that I was following a master like that. Well, listen, well, I'm, I'm going to get to some questions about your presentation in a second because I didn't see a lot of yours either, but you made the decision to flip it. So you chose to put yourself behind him, which is in hindsight a terrible idea because it was that good of a presentation. But no, but like, how did you, because I was running in and out dealing with other things, like, what was your feel about the, the presentation? The feedback I got was that people loved it because you gave very practical advice. I mean, one of your slides I saw was, you know, how to shoot video quickly. I mean, or I don't, that wasn't the name of the slide. But it was basically, you know, how you can shoot a video in no time. So, I mean, how did you feel? I felt great. My goal was to make it very doable for people, and I wanted them to know that they don't need to spend a lot of money on gurus. They don't need to hire a big video production studio. You know, Mike Whalen was tweeting out the whole time and he was sort of laughing that I spent $7,500 on videos that after five years have a total of 7,500 views. And then there were all these other videos that I made with my flip cam that have, you know, 10 times that. If one person in the room picks up a camera and starts doing videos because of something I said and, and makes it sort of part of their practice. And that being said, I know our buddy Will Eady is going to be doing that. Um, then I think that the whole thing was successful. So yeah, we got a lot of good feedback. I was excited about it. And then speaking of William Eady, his presentation was much anticipated and certainly delivered. We probably can't talk too much about it because it's still top secret. But the other videos we're gonna we're gonna drip out onto the website. But Will's was very good, and I think I think his and mine going back to back were sort of instructive in that you can do a lot of this stuff yourself, and you you don't always need experts. I think with SEO that it's so technical that unless you really want to dive into it like Will has, you're going to need some help. But Will certainly shows that for particular issues, you can really get granular and, and own the internet because Tyson, the internet is weak. Man, that was such a freaking good presentation. And it was very vivid. You know, he had these, these great images whenever he was talking about things. And he was, he was a really good presenter. I thought he was, he was really good when it comes to that. And I was actually, you kind of talked about when you were talking about Seth, is you, you expected some friction. You know, you expected the two of them to sort of butt heads. And it didn't happen. It was just from two different perspectives. And they really complemented each other. The best part of it, I think, is that, you know, Seth was giving like the goods when it comes to, like the technical stuff. Here is what you do, and well, here's what you need to focus on. And what William did was here's almost how you do it. And he also talked about some of the technical stuff too, which was pretty highly technical. But he gave his formula on how to rank. He ranks without keywords. He ranks all over the country, and he showed us exactly how he does it. And I'm sad that people have missed it and they will never see it, but. It was that good. So I guess it's a good reason for you to to maybe friend William Eady and maybe get on his good side. And then maybe if he presents next year, he, you get to see his presentation next year. Because to me, I'm more the do-it-yourselfer. I loved it. It was probably my most anticipated presentation of the entire entire week. You know, that brings up another point. Uh, some people had to leave because they had flights and stuff. I think I think next year we're going to have to make it two full days so that people don't leave. I think that the people that left, the, the the value that came out that second day, I know there's some people that left who could have really valued or could have really benefited from the, the stuff that we were giving out that day. 
Yeah, and I don't know if the, even if we moved it back and added a few more hours to make it a two full days, and I'm guessing that some people would probably still leave early. So I don't I don't know how you remedy that, but I'm kind of with you. I kind of wish they would have found a way to stay because there was in our last few speakers there was a ton of value that that they missed out on, and to me there was I don't know my favorite day was probably day two because I think that there was just a lot more value in day two, and that's nothing to take away from day one because I just thought that there was a lot of great just small takeaways that you could take away on day two that were just so awesome. Speaking of great day two speakers, I missed Gary Berger's presentation, so I'm going to have to rely on you to explain. I got a lot of good feedback, and everyone really enjoyed Gary's presentation, but I didn't see it myself. On each presenter, I was doing a quick – I did a quick little video. I even did a quick little video at the beginning of Williams, so just to show, hey, who's on stage now – and uh, the one I posted for Gary Berger is that he's giving away all the secrets. And I think he had like 74 points is what I think what the final tally was on PowerPoint slides. And it wasn't presented. And, and I know that people think of you know PowerPoint, all this text on PowerPoint. Oh, gosh, so boring. He didn't, you know, Gary's also a really good trial lawyer. And he was, he made it very fun. And he went bullet point by bullet point on the things he does. It's all of his secrets. Everything he does, every single thing. So you could take his PowerPoint and you could do a couple of those things and be successful. It was really good. And he, he just gave away all the secrets. I mean, he went from step one to 74. And then he gave at the very end, it was really kind of funny because he, he went over big time. I mean, he kept saying he had a minute, had a minute, had a minute, but he, he didn't. He was way over time, but it doesn't matter. At the very end, he and I are in this Google review battle. And he gave me a trophy for second. Let me pull it out. It's it's uh, Google review second place or something like that. It, I haven't pulled it out of the box since I got back into the office, but it's it's so funny. He said, hey, you know, I've got a gift for Jim. I got a gift for Tyson. He gave you all your books back that you gave him, uh, which I thought was a funny gift. And then he gave me mine. It says second place Google review winner. It's so funny. I'll have to take a picture and post it on the Facebook group. All right. So with that, we end MaxLawCon 2018. I think it was a success by any measure. And, you know, the one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to thank everyone who came. You know, Tyson, do you know how many complaints or negative feedback we got about anything? Nothing. We had no nothing. Not one person complained. And I think that isn't so much because we did everything right. Because, you know, there's things like the PowerPoint didn't work and maybe it was a little too cold for some people or whatever. But I think the reason is is because we have just as John said during his talk, built this tribe. And I would put our tribe up against anybody. I think it's a it's an optimistic group. It's a growth mindset group. It's people who want to learn and contribute. I mean, Tina Willis was just holding forth after every speaker. And it's all because she just wants to be the best. And I think I think that's so awesome. And, you know, sometimes my wife gets worried about my daughter's softball coaches because they're a little intense. But I said, honey, that's because they want to win. And I think that, that we have built a group of winners and we are surrounding ourselves with winners and that's going to make all of us win even more. I agree. And, and I, I didn't hear any complaints. I heard a lot of people say that it was the best conference they've ever been to, which was extremely flattering. And th- these were people saying, you know, I've been practicing for 20 years. This is the best conference I've ever been to. And let's be honest, some of that maybe for, you know, recency bias and things like that. It, it really was a good event, but I don't know. I was talking to someone else not too long ago and it, it was sort of a, it's sort of a crowdsourced podcast, you know what I mean? Which makes it so wonderful. And that's, I think that's part of the reason why it's such a good tribe. We're all really working together and adding all this information to make the podcast so amazing and to make the group so amazing. And 
that's what makes it so wonderful, you know, and it's, and it really is just two guys on a podcast with all these other people adding a ton of value. I agree with you. The tribe is just amazing. And I'll end with this. The one thing that was really fun, Tyson, is there were a couple people there, mostly the St. Louis people who were like blown away. Like they had like the deer in the headlights look like they were just getting started. And I know that feeling. And, and it was, it's so fun to be part of everybody's journey. I think that, it was just, I just got a real kick out of seeing the people who are like, I can't believe it. My wife was one of them. She was like, these are a lot of really smart people. Yeah, and that's what makes our group so good. And they're willing to share. It's not just that they're good. It's that they're willing to share. And, you know, there are other groups out there. There are other podcasts out there. But it's just, I'm not so sure that the other ones are as willing to share as ours is. And that's what's great about it. And that's sort of a prerequisite. And I'm not sure how that came out. I don't know how the, how people started to feel so comfortable about that. Part of it may be that we keep the, the group closed, Jim, and not open it up to everybody. I don't know. But it's 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 a group that is willing to give out their secrets and share and, and get better. And, and it's just uh, we couldn't have asked for a better group. I mean, Mitch Jackson, he's going to be speaking at a Tony Robbins event. And out of the generosity of his heart, you know, he didn't get paid. He flew. He flew to be with us. And he was very generous with his time. He had to take connecting flights from Orange County to get to St. Louis. St. Louis isn't the easiest place to get to. And John Fisher had to come from upstate New York. And people came from all over. And and that, to me, is just a, quite a gift. And I feel lucky to have all these people as our friends. Absolutely. And luckily, you know, John Fisher was able to do some other things. It looks like he had to go to Springfield and see some of the Lincoln's, Lincoln letters. And then he's also got to go to see his nephew's graduation at Notre Dame. So it, it kind of worked out really nicely for, for John. It's great, great presenters, great group. Are we going to do our tips and hack of the week? My hack of the week is to stay tuned and make sure to register for MaxLawCon 2019. Once we come up with the date, we'll start spreading the word. I think I'd like to do it a little bit earlier um, just because – a couple of people weren't able to come. Chuck Boyk and Joe Holmes weren't able to come because that was really graduation week. And if we can get the venue that we want and be able to do it a little bit earlier, I think maybe we just pick like the last week of April or the first weekend week of May and just make that our time. I think that would be that would be good. Good tip. It's sort of a cop out tip. Their hack, it sounds like. But uh, mm-hmm. mine's an ask. It's for the attendees that came to the conference and the people that did not come to the conference. Uh, tell us what you want. Uh, put on the Facebook group. Let us know what you want, who you want to be at the next conference, what you want to be there, what you want to do, the topics you want to hear about, so we can start planning this thing and, and make it better than this year. Because I'll be honest with you, uncomfortable saying that we're going to be able to replicate this and, and saying that it's going to be as good. I just, I'm being completely honest. It was that great. And I'm not, I'm not tooting our own horn. I'm tooting the horns of the, the presenters and the, the attendees that were there that were willing to share. It was that good. So we want to make it better. And so we want to get better every year, obviously. So just share with us what you want to see, what you want to hear, and what you want to do. Since I had a cop-out hack, I'm going to give you another one. Annika Godlewski gave a, a blow-by-blow of everything that happened at the conference and about how she, her journey to get there. She also typed up everybody's hack of the week. So there's plenty of good content in there. She posted it in the Facebook group. So check it out. Now that's a good hack. All right, Jimmy, let's wrap it up. Bye, buddy. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.